Auto Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. St. Louis and all points north, east, south, west. We welcome you in. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Kings Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. This is where you come every morning for the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence on our live broadcast right here. And, of course, we'll have our podcast right here on Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor in any place that you listen to sports, or not sports, but any place that you listen to podcasts. Our sports show, the Monster Energy Drink, stl-carssport.com sports show will be on at noon on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. So you can hear us twice a day, one for our current events show in the morning, one for our sports show at noon, high noon central time, all times are central time. And as always, we welcome you in. We hope you had a good night's sleep and are ready to rock and roll this morning. Because as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover and a lot of things to talk about and a lot of people to hear from. Although sometimes hearing from them, <laughs> maybe maybe we'd rather not, right? Maybe you have a liberal family member, as I do, that drives you up the wall and you just can't take them anymore. So you simply tune them out completely. That's what I've had to do, and I think it's probably good for your health. I think it's good for my health. You just get tired of stupid people. And by stupid, I mean people that can't face the truth. There's nothing more dangerous, I, I don't believe, in this country than people who are presented with facts and yet continue with their ideological insanity. And there are a lot of those. A lot of those. But one who's not is our good friends at stl-cars.com where you can now get a car without a headache. Yes, it's not like going to get a toothache at the dentist. Oh my gosh, that root canal, that's going to hurt. No, that's what the equivalent of going to a car dealership, one after another, trying to figure out what car, what good price. You don't get to see very many cars when you go because they don't have many on the lot. But at stl-cars.com, they're revolutionizing how you buy cars, used or otherwise, new Cars, SUVs, trucks, they've got them all on the stl-cars.com website. You go on there, over a 1,000 vehicles to look at. You can choose from all of them. Pick the one you want. This is how easy it is. 
then call or text Don at 314-626-3251. 626-3251. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want to pay for it, and the rest is up to him. He'll do it. Done it for me three times over the previous years. Done it for my son. We both have SUVs that we got. Mine from Memphis, his came from Alabama. Because if you don't like everything that's on the website, or there's plenty that you like, but you, you're in love with something different, call Don, same phone line, 314-626-3251, or text him. Tell him, here's what I want, Don. It's not on the website. Can you do it for me? Here's what I want to pay for it. Boom, he'll get it done. He has this connection to a vast inventory all around the country. It'll bring that vehicle to you. 314-626-3251. STL-cars.com. It's the best way to buy cars, and they really literally are revolutionizing the industry and how we go about it. All right, our phone lines are always open for you. Unlike most radio stations or any outlets, we listen to you. 636 348-4460, 636-348-4460. 348-4460, Well, um, the craziness continues in this country, and now it has to do with the wonderful, and aren't we proud in St. Louis, Corey Bush. It's amazing, isn't it? We've talked about her forever. forever and ever and ever and what a piece of utter crap she is a liar a racist a big i mean she is such a flaming racist she's uh not very intellectual shall we say rough to look at rough to deal with big mouth loud mouth screamer knows nothing embarrassing to st louis embarrassing to the voters who voted for her Embarrassing to the Lacey Clay family who allowed her to get in. I guess they fell asleep at the switch. As bad as Lacey Clay was, we're like yearning for him, right? If you live in that district, thank God I don't. But now she's under federal investigation for the way she disperses her campaign funds, specifically to her husband, who she claimed was her bodyguard. Now, for all of this time, she was paying him exorbitant amounts of money, kind of like Fannie Willis was paying her lover boy down there in Atlanta, who she then named a special prosecutor in her bogus Trump prosecutions that have no merit. And, of course, that's why you would appoint a special prosecutor that has no experience. Cases that don't have merit should have prosecutors that don't have experience. That's how they get experience, lousy cases. So now we've got Cori Bush paying her bodyguard who's not a bodyguard. And that's a no-no. You can't use campaign funds to pay family members money, salaries in this case, unless they're performing a useful function. He's not. He's not licensed in Missouri as a security official or anywhere else. He's just her boyfriend, now husband, And so campaign funds came flowing into him and, coincidentally, to both of them now since they're married. Funny how that works. And who does Cori Bush blame? Herself? No. Have you ever seen a Democrat take responsibility for anything? Anything. 
I mean, they could be caught with the gun in their hand and the body lying dead at their feet, and they blame somebody else. It's how the liberal mind works. The liberal mind is designed by someone, not by God, but by someone to never take accountability, to always blame others, most likely Donald Trump, and to scream and yell at the top of your lungs a bunch of lies. That's how the liberal mind works. And you've got to understand that, I believe, when you deal with liberals. It's hard to understand, though. You say to yourself, well, I can handle that. No, you can't. Trust me. When you experience it firsthand, face-to-face, it's almost impossible to deal with. You want to grab them by the head and bang their head against the wall and hopefully bang some sense into them because they are unintelligible, they're intellectually lazy, they have no capacity to think for themselves, they are programmed by the robotic liberal media to believe anything they're told. And then they do believe anything they're told. Despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary, they ignore that. There's nothing more dangerous than people who ignore facts, as I said earlier, that are presented to them. They're facts. Well, no, they're not. (laughs) Well, actually, they are. (laughs) Right now outside in the Midwest, it's a little chilly. But a liberal will tell you, no, it's not, if they don't want it to be. But if they want it to be chilly and it's 98 degrees, you'll say, man, it's hot. No, no, it's not. That's how the liberal mind is programmed. And while we make light of it and laugh at it because it's so absurd, it's true. That's a fact. If you don't believe me, try discussing anything related to Donald Trump with a liberal. <laughs> try to do it with a, an even keel disposition. Inside of 15 minutes, they'll have you wanting to commit murder. They're insane, and I am not equipped, I didn't go to school, to deal with insane people. As a psychologist friend of mine told me one time, you know why you don't understand crazy? And I said, no, I don't, because I like to understand it. She said, because you're not crazy. And there's so much truth in that statement. You have to be crazy on their level to understand them. How else could you understand Cori Bush? How else could you understand a person like this? If you're not as crazy as she is. Because crazy attracts crazy. So if you're attracted to Cori Bush or her ideas, which, of course, she has none, she just wants to take all the money away from the police, give it to her, and have her buy her own exclusive security. Because she claims she's been threatened so many times, which I'm sure is also a lie, but she's been threatened and, gosh darn it, do you want her dead? That's what she actually has said. I don't think you should ever ask an open-ended question like that of people who might wish you dead but nonetheless we're not advocating that we wish her dead are we (laughs) so she's investigated now by the department of justice now keep in mind who this is this is the biden department of justice perhaps the most corrupt department of justice in the history of our country they only investigate donald trump and people around donald trump or other republicans But they do not investigate Democrats. They certainly do not investigate black female Democrats. And they certainly don't mess with the squad. So that gives you the background of what the Department of Justice is like, in case you didn't know. So who does Cori Bush blame? The right-wing Department of Justice. 
I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. In recent months, right-wing organizations have lodged baseless complaints against me. I retained my husband as part of my security team to provide security services because he has had extensive experience in this area and is able to provide the necessary services at or or below fair market rate. (laughs) He has had extensive experience in this field. No, he hasn't. He's a veteran. So we salute him for his service and we thank him for his service. But being a veteran does not qualify you in security detail. It doesn't qualify you at all, in fact. He's not certified. If he were such an expert in security detail, why isn't he certified as one? Because she's a liar, that's why. But that's what liberals do best. They lie. And Cori Bush is a liar. She lies every time she opens her mouth. When her lips are moving, you know she's lying. A right-wing organization, she said. That's how she describes the Department of Justice. A right-wing organization. (laughs) What is this, the Ku Klux Klan? But she only paid him out of her campaign funds because he had extensive experience in this field. Till he met her, he's had zero experience in that field. And I'm very doubtful that he has any experience in that field since he's been around her. He's not security detail. Keep in mind when she says at or below fair market rate, seven hundred and something thousand dollars. If that's fair market rate for security, I'm going back and getting certified as a security detail guy, and I'll go protect her. Well, I won't really. I'll go protect somebody else. I sure as hell wouldn't protect her. I say, case or ah, or what what will be will be, but I'm not protecting her, and neither is he. Now he might do the husbandly thing. If someone steps at his wife, he'll knock him down. But this guy is not a security detail guy. He's not qualified, he's not certified, and he has no extensive experience, as she claimed he did. She's a liar. She's siphoning off tax money, campaign funds, which is taxpayer, I should say taxpayer money, not tax money. And remember, he was already her security guy before she married him. And I guess they figured, hey, listen, as long as I'm paying you $700,000, let's go ahead and get married, then I can get part of it. Liberals always are scheming to enrich themselves. They're never in Washington to do you any good. They're there to do themselves good. And to many, uh, to some extent and to a great extent, I should say, Republicans do the same thing. So that's Cori Bush's story. But remember also that this is Cori Bush's story. She hates you if you're a police officer. If you're law enforcement, she despises you. She truly wants you dead, and she wants you out of a job for sure. Remember this? You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? 
you want to see me die? You know, because that could be the alternative. I have private security because my body is worth being on this planet right now. I have private security because they, the white supremacist, racist narrative that they drive into this country. If I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Wow. Aren't you proud, St. Louis? All together now, St. Louis. Yay! Suck it up. How about you suck it up? You're under federal investigation by people that are on your side. You suck it up. My body is worth being on this planet. I wouldn't talk about that body publicly if I were you. It doesn't behoove you to call attention to that body in any way. That wouldn't be my first line of conversation. But of course the white supremacists and the racists caused your body to be in peril, right? So she spends $10, $20, $7 million, or how about $700,000? You can all go suck it up. She's such a pleasant soul, isn't she? She is the epitome of what this country has become. That someone like her could be in Congress. Someone like a failed bartender is also in Congress. Someone such as Ilhan Omar, who is a bigoted, racist, America-hating Somalian, is in Congress, tells you all you need to know about this country. That's all you need to know. Some incompetent, big-mouthed, violent boob like Maxine Waters. That those people are in Congress tells you all you need to know about this country. I don't know what other countries' problems are. Switzerland, for instance, my personal favorite. But I think I'd like to find out. Because living in this shithole, all you ever hear are these bigoted, racist, mostly black people screaming and yelling, like her, about how racist everybody is. And I don't know about any other white people, but I'm sick and tired of it. I'm also sick and tired of white people claiming that everybody's a racist, like that asshat Biden. When the racists are actually them. And I'm sick of this media in this country. There's not much to be happy with in this country. Any country that has a liberal mindset covering half of the country is a dangerous place to live. This is a dangerous place to live. There's nothing safe about life in the United States of America. Nothing. We are an international laughing stock. All you have to do is travel abroad, ask someone who has. They'll tell you the first question they encounter from people is, what the hell's wrong with the United States? What's going on there? Nobody looks to the United States anymore. They might look to us for money if you're Iran. And, of course, under Biden, we gladly give it to them. But anytime people like this are in Congress... This country has a real cancer. And it isn't racism. It's the people who scream racism. They're the cancer. They're the ones we need to do without. But I put all of the blame squarely on the people of St. Louis who voted for that monster. And she's a monster. In every possible way. So... 
Tell us again how, how worthwhile your body is being on the planet so you can do the work. What work is she doing? Does anybody know? Other than screaming that everybody's a racist and everybody's a white supremacist, and that's the problem in her life, no matter what goes wrong for her, it's always those white people, those damn white people. What work is that woman doing? She is stealing her salary of $174,000. She's stealing that. She hasn't done one single thing for the district that voted her in. Not one thing. If you know something, please correct me. You can't because she hasn't done anything. But she has screamed race a lot. She does hate Donald Trump. That's a surprise. And she hates all of us who support him. She has a lot of hatred. She hates police. It would take you longer to list the things she hates than the accomplishments that she's achieved. Because the accomplishments start with zero. She is another do-nothing, big-mouth, bigot, racist from the Democrat Party. That's all she is. She's nothing more, nothing less. And as we're finding out now, she's potentially a, a, a felon, a criminal. Let's see where this goes. But that's where the potential is. And right out of the gate, when you claim that this guy has extensive experience in this field and he's not even so much as certified, you're a liar. What is it about these black women, Kim Gardner, this chick, the nut in Atlanta? They're using their their public office to siphon funds. Were they just born criminals? Or did they learn it from someone else? Amazing how they think that the taxpayer money is theirs. You've got this lunatic Kim Gardner who belongs in jail. If they prove this case against Cori Bush, that's where she belongs. Hopefully Fannie Willis is headed there. And there's plenty of white criminals, too. Believe me, I'm not, I'm not pointing out black women who are all criminals. I'm just pointing out three that are. We've pointed out the white criminals 100,000 times on this show. One of them's right there in the Oval Office. Perhaps the biggest one. But they all scream racism. Isn't that funny when they get caught? Oh, it's those racists that are coming after me. Those bigoted white supremacists. Because they're everywhere. They're behind every tree. Here's my message to Cori Bush. You can go to hell. Someday you'll burn there. So you might as well get an easy start. Go now. Just go straight to hell. Don't pass go, but go to prison on your way. And I pray that she's guilty. I pray that they have the evidence and the goods on her and that they actually see it through. I've never prayed before for someone to be guilty. I pray that that woman's guilty because we know she is. So now let's put let's pin it on her and put her where she belongs. Put that big mouth bigot where she belongs in jail. That would make me happy. I'd start to believe in the country again. Well, not really. And then let's not forget, as I pointed out at the beginning of the show, the dangerous, forever dangerous media 
and the forever lunatic liberal people that believe them. That's my. I think that perhaps is my favorite group of stupid people. Because someone says something on a TV screen or on a radio or in a newspaper or a magazine, they all of a sudden believe them. Smart-thinking people are transformed into Stepford people. If a person in the liberal media says something, oh, we must believe it. It's true. They said so. So when you listen to the morning schmo, Joe Scarborough, never mind the polls, Big Joe, how well is Biden doing? I think he's doing really well. I mean, he's he's engaged. Mm-hmm. He's he's on fire. Let me tell you something. That guy is in it to win it. He's fired up. And if anybody even suggests that he not run, it just there's no other word for it. It pisses him off. <laughs> Do you think you really heard that? I did hear it. He's engaged. He's on fire. If you even suggest he should not run, it pisses him off. Is that some sort of a compliment? Hey, Kevin, um, you shouldn't run for office. That pisses me off. Are you going to then say, wow, you're really in it? You're engaged. When did becoming pissed off make you engaged and qualified? He's really engaged. He's in it to win it. Ooh, I've never heard that phrase before. Did Scarborough just coin that? He's in it to win it. He's on fire. That's one dumb white boy. Listen to him again. I want you to hear this again because you're probably saying to yourself, Kevin made that up. That must be Kevin like using his voice to sound like Scarborough. So here it is, Scarborough. I think he's doing really well. I mean, he's he's engaged. Mm-hmm. He's he's on fire. Let me tell you something. That guy is in it to win it. He's fired up. And if anybody even suggests that he not run, it just, there's no other word for it. It pisses him off. <laughs> it pisses him off. Congressman Troy Nels called uh, her husband... Whoa, what was it? What's that? What's that? How do I get rid of that? How do I stop it? There we go. These things just go off on me. Technology. Troy Nels called uh, Cory Bush's husband a thug yesterday. I don't know if he's a thug. She is, though. She's a thug. She's a thugette. I don't know him, but he married her. Now, I could say the same, though. If you took a look at somebody I married, but you know, it, it does, it does make you reflect on your decision-making and maybe he should be reflecting right now on his, unless he's just in it to win it. As Scarborough says, in other words, win all the money. Cause after all, she is a fountain of money for him. 700 grand. And she lectured you there. She told us we shouldn't be worried about how much she spends because her body is worth keeping on this planet to do the work. She never said what work, if you noticed. She's allergic to work. She never said any anything that she's done. What has she done? Anybody know? No, of course not. She was pretty rough, though, in tearing down those iron gates in the McCloskey neighborhood down in the central west end of St. Louis when she and her other fellow thugs crushed through a private neighborhood's security gate. She trespassed. She did that. 
And then she got elected to Congress. <laughs> As only you can in this country. Now, despite what the morning schmo says about Biden being so successful and engaged and doing a great job, economist Steve Moore says the average homeowner would beg to differ. The average household is actually poorer today than they were uh, you know, three years ago when Donald Trump left office. And there's no getting around that. The people, you know, people tell me that at the grocery store. They see, t- tell me that at the hardware store uh, that they just are feeling financially pinched. Yeah. And that pinch is like a fist. It's not like your index finger and your thumb. It's like a fist pinching you. Did you hear, by the way, in the background of Morning Schmo making those comments, the obligatory, uh-huh, that, of course, is the bobblehead, Micah the bobblehead, his wife, who sits there and dutifully nods all the time. She must be out of the 1940s where the wife was expected to sit next to the husband and shut up and just agree. That's what Micah Brzezinski is. She shuts up and she just agrees. <laughs> oh, the liberals are so open, aren't they? They're so open-minded. She really, I don't, you know, well, I was about to say she might be the dumbest of them all, but then what a silly comment that would be. You take your pick from these liberals. Who's the dumbest? Steve Moore, the economist, what should we remember regarding the economy? Let's not forget that the biggest sector of the economy that's growing, both in terms of employment and in terms of uh, GDP growth, has been government. And that's a problem. We should be shrinking the government, not growing it. Aha. So when Biden crows about GDP and the economy growing over the last few months, we now know how. Add government jobs. Raises the employment number. Drops the unemployment number. Funny how that's worked. That's what he's up to. And it's an election year. So the more the merrier. You will see government swell in terms of the number of employees over the next 10 months. It will take a gigantic leap. More of your tax money at work simply to get Biden reelected. And then they'll try to sell you that bill of goods that the economy's roaring because look at this. Look at all these jobs created in the government. It's funny they never told us that. Thank you, Steve Moore, for pointing it out. Government jobs were growing. It's the Biden way. Now, you knew they were going to do something in these next 10 months, right, to make it look like the economy was was roaring away so that people would scratch it and say, well, you know, he's brought us back. Now, keep in mind, if he actually did bring us back, even though he hasn't, but let's just say that he did, he'd be bringing us back from his own debacle, right? He created it. And so for four years or three and a half years, he's tortured you financially in every other way. And I was going to tell you in the next 10 months, look at what I've done. So many more people are working. Of course, they're all working in government. Jobs that he created out of the blue. They're not really working. They're just getting a paycheck. Which, of course, would include him. Now he claims he needs a bill in order to, to control the border. He needs more money. He needs more people down there. And we all know what he means. He means more people there to 
move people legally into the country without even vetting them. But he doesn't need a bill. Donald Trump didn't need a bill. Congressman Andy Harris, does he need a bill to get the border under control? Look, it's it's clear you don't need a bill. You're absolutely right. President Trump was able to do it without without additional legislation. This president has all the authority he needs. He's simply unwilling to use it. Uh, he wants to leverage this crisis to get more funding at, down at the border, not to stop people at the border, but to process them in. 5,000 people right. a day. Uh, we don't need more funding. We just need to close the border. He's telling you he needs a bill. Really? <laughs> you don't need a bill, Joey boy. Now, you, you want to tell everybody you do, but you don't. And now the military is making no bones about it. We know the Department of Justice. We know Biden. We know the FBI. They're all after Trump and Trump supporters. They've been targeting us for years now. But now the military is too. And if the military gets a tip from some whack job in law enforcement who claims that you are an extremist, you're out of the military without a hearing, without them even caring what the charge is. This is from the military's own mouth. Extremism is not tolerated in any branch of the United States military. If uh, our law enforcement partners flag an individual uh, based on their determination that they see something uh, and they pass it to us, um, we're not even asking what the flag was. We're just removing them. What? We're not even asking what the flag is. We're just removing them. So no matter who it is or what it is they say that you did, it doesn't matter to them. You're out of the military. Now think for a moment of a military without MAGA people in it. Think of how soft of a military we will have with liberals as the only soldiers that we have. <laughs> Every country in the world has us on their hit list. Every single one. And with good reason. They know they can't lose. But remember, it was Biden who called for the removal of, of Trump supporters from every walk of life when he was inaugurated. A cry for survival comes from planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. We later found out who he meant by a domestic uh, terrorist. Parents who had the nerve to question a school board as to what was going on in their children's schools, what their children were being taught. They were the domestic terrorists. We didn't think he was possibly talking about just parents back on the day he was inaugurated, did we? I didn't. I just thought he was nuts. And I've been proven correct, but never would I think that parents who care about their children, you know, we hear about parents who don't care about their children all the time. We can't stand those people. But now parents who care about their kids are, are blasted as domestic terrorists by this corrupt bastard Biden. And the little nerd, the little nebbish that he has running the uh, Attorney General's office, 
Merritt Garland. Well, Oliver North was the kind of soldier you would want and you'd want to be in a foxhole with. He's, of course, long retired. But the colonel knows what Biden should do regarding Iran, and he gave him advice. All sanctions against the regime in Iran that have been pulled back are immediately enforced. Oil exports, steel, dual-use electronics, financial transfers, and no more secret meetings in Vienna to assure somehow resurrecting the phony nuclear deal. Number two, bans on fracking and strategic drilling and on our federal lands and filling up the strategic petroleum reserve need to start now. And you ought to tell everybody that. That will get the attention, by the way, of a guy named Z. The Americans are going to refill the strategic petroleum reserve. The theocracy in, in, in Tehran needs to be told. The next time a U.S. installation is attacked, a U.S. personnel, a U.S. ship, we're going to hold the Tehran regime responsible. And we're going to act, quote, with devastating effect to shut down, and here's the, here's the thing that's left off the table, to shut down their ability to export oil. It's the only way they're making any money right now. Gee whiz, that just sounds logical to me, doesn't it? Is that really hard to figure out? Put Colonel North in there. Make him Secretary of Defense instead of that pompous-ass coward Lloyd Austin who runs and hides in a hospital. Can you imagine that? Did you really think you'd get away with that? This is how dumb liberals are. They're by very nature dumb people. Well, I'll go hide in the hospital. I won't tell anybody that I'm sick. <laughs> He's the cabinet secretary, the secretary of defense, for God's sakes. We're in a war with Iran, even though he doesn't know it yet, and neither does Biden. We're the only ones suffering casualties, though. Imagine being in a war with Iran and them winning. That's where the United States is today. Ali, instead of crippling Iran, what did Biden do? On January 26th, this Biden announced that we're going to pause in new approvals for export of liquefied national gas to others who are our friends. The only reason they're not buying Iranian oil right this minute in the quantities that they could, because the prices are way down, the only reason they're not is because we've been shipping liquefied natural gas. It's one of our great commodities. It will help our balance of trade. It's going to help all kinds of people. And this guy just put the brakes on that, those kinds of approvals, and everybody in Europe's got to be saying, what are we going to do to stay warm? Natural gas is the way they're keeping their lights on and their homes warm. This guy has got to... He's got to start thinking strategically about things, not just tactically, but for political purposes. Carpe diem, Colonel North. That was some sound advice. Now, that's coming from a military guy who actually has experience, not the, not the kind of experience that Cory Bush's husband has in security detail. This guy's actually been there, done that. Now, wouldn't you want to listen to people like him? Nope. You'd rather listen to Lloyd Austin, that genius, or Anthony Blinken, stinking Tony Blinken. God almighty, we have the biggest pussies in charge of this country right now that you've ever seen. It is a miracle that we haven't been overrun by China or Russia by now. It's a miracle. It's got to work. There's no other explanation for it. I guess the only other thing I can think of is that if I were president of China, 
and I were assessing the situation, I would think this could be a trap. The United States is setting a trap for us to fall into by attacking them because there's no way they're this weak. So even though they look like we could walk all over them, this just can't be true. So we better hold off. That could be what China's thinking. That would actually be the logical assessment if you were looking at this country from afar. Thank God they don't know the real story about how weak this country is. And I love it when the State Department trots out different assistant deputy press secretaries every other day. Now it's this woman named Sabrina Singh. And a reporter asked her if the conflict with Iran hasn't been widened now that they've murdered three soldiers. Are you willing to say that the conflict is no longer contained and it's spreading? I wouldn't say that the conflict is spreading in that we've seen over a 100 attacks on U.S. forces. This attack was certainly escalatory in that it killed three service members. It's not spreading when troops literally have died in another country. We can't discount the fact that these attacks are incredibly dangerous, put our service members at risk, but they have not, uh, up until yesterday, inflicted lethal harm. <laughs> Can you even believe you hear that? These over 100 attacks, she was being kind, it's over 200. But they're no big deal. Because up until yesterday, nobody died. Does she know, and I'm sure she does, the extent of the catastrophic brain injuries that these attacks have caused our soldiers? They might be physically alive, but mentally probably not. In many cases. This is how little respect these people have for our soldiers. Do you know that Biden called the families of those three dead soldiers to gauge what their interest and feelings would be about him attending the transfer of the bodies at Dover? Why would you feel the need to call and ask? You're the commander-in-chief. You show up, you pay your respects for people that you killed. I mean, I can't believe this. He's actually asking them to beg him to come there for their 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 children. Two of them are women. One of them is a man. Two, uh, two women and one man. Two daughters, one son. And Biden has to ask, you know, do you think I should go? And he asks the parents of those people. You know, if you tell me no, I won't come. That's like... Talking to your wife, you know, your wife has you locked into some deal. You don't want to go. So you say to your wife, you know, I don't think they even want me to go. So why don't I just skip it? That's what he's saying to these families. It's unbelievable. Count how many times he checks his watch while he's there. That that was his performance the last time. And how many times he'll talk about Bo being killed in action. He did that last time, too. (laughs) It's all about deterrence, but Biden knows nothing about that. He only knows appeasement. He's the great appeaser. He and Neville Chamberlain. Victor Davis Hanson, how did Trump achieve deterrence when he was in office? Donald Trump killed Soleimani. He took the terrorist 
the Houthis, he put uh, sanctions on them, he cut off Hamas, he didn't want to get into the Iran deal, he rejected it, he put in the sanctions on the oil, he had the Abrams Accord, he had no daylight between us and Israel, and then when he got rid of Soleimani, he didn't have to bomb Iran, because they understood that they were very in very deep peril, but when you lose deterrence, then finally you're going to get to the point where your only option is a war, and we don't want that, and yet... Ironically and paradoxically, that's exactly where Biden is leading us, to a theater-wide war. That's exciting, isn't it? But he's 100% right on deterrence. You don't get a a deterrence through appeasement. You don't get deterrence by saying, you know, hey, will you guys please stop it? Knock it off. We're really, really, really mad at you. And we're not going to take it anymore. What does history tell us, you suppose? Think about history. Neville Chamberlain, the Prime Minister of England. This is pre-Churchill. Churchill was in the government, but it was Neville Chamberlain was making the call. Appeasing Hitler through every step. What did that get you? Now, I think as mad and as psychotic and as sick as Hitler was, these Ayatollahs are challenging him. For the all-time lunatic. They're clearly as evil as he is. So what does history tell us about dealing with bad actors, Victor Davis Hanson? Generally, in history, if you are perceived that you'll do anything for peace, you're going to guarantee a war. And it's predictable that our response is scripted. We, we say three things. First, we say we're going to uh, respond at a time and place of our choosing. They, that's, they're tired of that. Second, we say while Iran has supplied these surrogates, we don't have any direct evidence that it's Iran. And third, we want to avoid a wider war. That's all nice things, but the message that they take from that is that there's a magic number that we haven't reached yet. They think, is it 50? Is it 100? We'll try 150. Let's try 200 attacks. Is it six dead Americans, eight dead, 50 wounded? And they keep upping it to find out where they have to pull back for a while. Those comments are some of the most profound comments I've ever heard. He has just assessed the situation perfectly. The more you appease, the more you guarantee war. And the United States under Biden always says the same three things. We'll respond at a time and a place as we see fit. (laughs) Which means nothing. Nothing. We've got to assess and investigate to see who's really at fault. Well, we know who's at fault. The one thing about terrorists, they always tell you who did it. It's pretty incredible. BDH, you have some advice for Biden? But I think it's much better to be quiet and carry a club than loud with a twig. And the louder we are and the more predictable we are, the closer we're going to get to war. You should just keep quiet. And I think he should be disproportionate, disproportionate. And then that will stop it. But uh, he's too loud and he's too weak and he's too predictable. Better to be quiet and carry a big club than to be loud and carry a twig. That is a perfect description. Victor Davis Hanson, I beg to differ with the morning schmo. You're the guy that's on fire.
he has categorized Biden and this weak administration regime perfectly. That's exactly how they react to every single attack on our people. They run their mouth and they do nothing. And the opponent knows it. He's right. You can almost hear the Iranians calculating. I wonder how many we can kill before they'll actually do something. Let's keep going. Eventually we'll reach a number and they'll make a stop. But until they do, they're not doing anything. Let's keep it up. If I had a son or daughter in the theater over there in the Middle East, I'd somehow pray that they desert. This is no country worth fighting for anymore. First of all, that's number one. Get out and save yourself because this guy's not protecting you. And Oliver North referred to these three soldiers, two women, one man, all three from the same uh, launching place, Georgia, all three black, all three heroes. Let's not forget, and Oliver North pointed that out, let's not forget these are heroes, unlike the clowns that are in Washington. These are three people who put their life on the line as Oliver North said, to protect this country. And they lost that life. And this jackass is asking the parents if they think he should show up. Wow. I hope the parents set the trap. I hope they said, yeah, why don't you come? We'd, we'd love to have you there. And when he gets there, tells them just what they think of him. I hope that's the case. Being black, chances are they voted for Biden, which is really scary. This is how he treats your family when they die as heroes. He has to ask. Let's not forget that, okay? Have that embedded in our brains. He was trying to get out of it. Wow. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And then we've got, of course, the border, which is a complete disaster. Robert Kennedy Jr., who is running as an independent and will be on all 50 ballots in this, in this country. Even though Biden and his gang of criminals have shut him out of the Democratic Party. Imagine a Democratic Party that has shut out a Kennedy. Not a Kennedy that did anything wrong. Not Ted Kennedy. No, they never shunned him. Ted Kennedy was actually a murderer, but they never shunned him. They shunned Robert Kennedy Jr. because he'll beat Biden for the Democratic nomination, and they know it. So they block him from being on the ballot. The same thing they try to do with Trump. And liberals think that's okay. I have a liberal brother who thinks that's okay. He's nuts. When he said, well, yeah, well, that's the 14th Amendment, I said, well, tell me what the 14th Amendment says. Of course, he had no idea. But that's what liberals are. They parrot what they hear on the media. And then when you ask them for their explanation, for their knowledge, for their background, they know nothing. Liberals are the most empty shells in their noggin that you've ever encountered in your life. 
They have nothing to offer. They only parrot what they hear. And what they hear is liberal bullshit from CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of the traditional networks. So they tried to block Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They can't believe that as a third-party independent he's going to get himself on all 50 states' ballots. He's not going to win, but he would have, I believe, won the Democrat nomination had Biden's criminals not blocked him. How much criminality is the Democrat Party involved in with regard to elections in their own primaries? They rigged primaries against Bernie Sanders so that Hildy could win. Then it happened again four years ago to make Biden the winner. And now they've just decided to hide or throw away all pretense that they're corrupt and just say, we're not even letting you on the ballot. Nope, can't have it. Now, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a guy that actually has been to the border since this debacle began, as opposed to Biden, who caused it all. What do you think he's doing down there? RFK. I can't explain the rationale, and I've been down to the border. I, I spent uh, three days in Yuma watching this, and I was astonished. I, you know, Between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. in the morning, I watched 300 people just walk across the border. There were buses that were bringing them up to the border that were owned by the Mexican drug cartel, uh, 100 or 55 people in a bus. And I watched the first... 110 people that came over were from West Africa. And I wasn't able to interview them. But then the second two buses that came in, I was able to interview all the people. And only two of them had asylum claims. Most of them were from Asia. Right. And um, it's really, it's astonishing that, you know, the Border Patrol is utterly demoralized. You could stop this very quickly. And there doesn't seem to be any interest in the Biden administration doing it. (laughs) No, there doesn't. By the way, a little bit of house cleaning. If you call while we're playing a clip or something, I answer and you're on hold. Just stay there. Don't think that you're not still on. You're you're there, and I'm going to get to you after we play a clip. So RFK has clearly assessed what's going on down there at the border. You couldn't be more clear. And how does he know that? Because he's been there. That's how. By the way, this is the one-year anniversary of East Palestine. That's coming up um, on Saturday. Biden still hasn't been there. So is the insanity at the border sustainable? And, you know, it's not sustainable. Our country, we've already absorbed 7 million people in the last three years. And the the, uh, the pilot, whatever they're thinking is is wrong. It's insane. I wouldn't stop it overnight. There, You know, I've talked to the patrol. I've talked to law enforcement. Um, what we we need to do is to, to complete the 27 gaps in the, in the wall. You don't need a wall from Brownsville, Texas, 2,200 miles to San Diego. But you need the physical barrier in those highly populated zones with a uh, Migrants can disappear very quickly. So there's 27 big gaps where everybody's coming through. In the rural areas, you need to restore the fences that were torn up right. by, the, by the administration. You need to put in the long-range cameras, the lights, 
the sensor equipment, and then you need, we need asylum judges on the border to adjudicate the cases there. And we need to reinstate the Migrant Protection Act that requires people with asylum claims to remain in Mexico while those right. claims are adjudicated. Remain in Mexico. Does that sound familiar? Now, let's keep in mind, I liked Robert Kennedy Jr. I have some differences with him, but I have a lot of similarities as well in what he believes because he believes in a lot of the things Trump believes in. Isn't it odd or ironic, perhaps, that every candidate running against Trump, other than, of course, Biden, but Robert Kennedy Jr., Haley, DeSantis, all of them, would all install the same policies Trump used when he was president. I haven't heard a different idea yet. Everyone wants to do what Trump did. Now, why do you suppose that is? Because it worked. Because we had prosperity. We had peace worldwide. Everybody was working that wanted to work. Oh, the liberals did their usual screams of racism and white supremacy and all kinds of their nonsense. They had nothing else to do because they can't do anything. But everything was humming along. So, of course, all of these candidates want to go back to that. Of course, they want to reinstitute all of Trump's policies that Biden on the first day got rid of. Of course they do. Makes perfect sense especially if you're running against a lunatic like the vegetable that's in the White House now. You know, he's been out a little more. He he needs to get back in. He really does. He just needs to get back in. In by in, I mean in the house. Stay in the house. He is a danger. Pretty bizarre, isn't it? So everybody wants to do Trump's policies. As I said, Robert Kennedy Jr. would be a guy I'd vote for. He has some differences. I have some differences with him. And I'm always going to have differences with some people. And uh, the more similarities you have, the closer you get to voting for somebody. I wouldn't mind seeing him as Trump's vice president. It'll never happen. But I wouldn't mind seeing it. And maybe being around Trump for a while, he can get rid of his climate craziness. But... I don't think Robert Kennedy would accept it. Maybe he would. But I think those two people would represent the sanest ticket we've had in this country in years, in decades. And it would really piss off these establishment Republicans, which would really be good. No more Mike Pence's. But imagine getting a crossover Democrat. <laughs> By the way, I would give this advice to the president. It would ensure your victory, too. Now, the key is, will Robert Kennedy accept it? Here, here's the deal. If Robert Kennedy really wants to be president, he would accept it. Because if he does, he runs. He's vice president. Trump's only there four years. My guess is Bobby Kennedy would be elected president four years hence. Steve is up. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Doing great. Oh, are you there? Oh, you're breaking up. Why don't you hang oh, up and call sorry. us right Are you there now? Yeah. Okay, Did there you, you go. Me? Yeah, we got you now. Yeah, carpe diem, Kevin. Carpe diem to you. 
Hey, uh, three things I'd like to cover quickly. Uh, one, you left over from yesterday, but uh, you I, I just wanted to add uh, to your point, which was a good one on the border, and this crazy thing that uh, you know some Republicans in the Senate are insanely thinking of supporting. Biden says he can't do anything unless he gets a bill passed, which is a total lie, as you pointed out. But if they go along with this idea of, uh, hey, I'll close the border if you just let me uh, bring in 5000 a day, think about that. That is 150000 plus per month, which is almost $2 million a year. And if you do that, just think about it. Two million more illegal aliens on top of the eight million, but two million. You know what the population of the state of Missouri is? Six million. That's a third of the population of the state of Missouri of illegal aliens and criminals and terrorists <laughs> that they want to bring in. And they've already let in uh, so many that uh, that eight million uh, heading toward ten is greater than the population of 40 of our states. <laughs> There's only 10 states with a population uh, above 10 million. And uh, it's just crazy. Well, think about it this way. Okay, so 7 or 8 million have come in since Biden took over. That's three years. So that's 2 to two to two and a half million a year. So he wants to be able to do exactly what he's doing. And no one does the math like you did. So... He wants to continue everything he's doing under the guise of, okay, now I've closed it down. And by the way, give me money so I can give it to Ukraine so I can get my kickback. I haven't gotten paid from Ukraine in a while. So please give me more money for Ukraine. That's what this is all about. This is all about getting more money for Ukraine, not for anything else, because it's a, it's a hoax. It's a ruse that he's going to clean up the border. He's going to bring the same amount of people in that he's always been in, except this time the new bill, quote-unquote bill, is going to bless it. Yeah, it would be like uh, what he did to uh, Joe Manchin, only he would do it to the entire Senate and Republican Party. Hey, just vote for this stuff, uh, <laughs> Mr. Manchin, and I'll give you these pipelines that you want in West Virginia. Yeah. And then he screwed him over royally. <laughs> and uh, what's Joe Manchin doing now? He's he's out. Yeah, he's Manchin's, Manchin's career's over. He says he, um, he might run as a third party. I, I wish he would. Go ahead. I, anything to take votes away from Biden. Yeah. He brought up uh, Cory Bush, and I, I am just so embarrassed to admit this, but I, I live 23 miles, 23 miles from downtown St. Louis, yet due the, to the wonders of redistricting, they, they took a little long 23-mile finger up to the county and said, guess what? You are now in the first district. I'm like, what? <laughs> I went from, you know, having uh, a rhino, Ann Wagner, as my representative, to having the worst in the entire country, Cori Bush. But there's something to think about there. Uh, you know, she's doing the Fannie Willis thing. I, I guess, I guess they just feel entitled, you know, that, well, hey, I'm in, so I, you know, I'm entitled to this corruption. But think about, um, you know, we know what happens if you uh, are a friend of Trump. Uh, in any way. And, and now they've got the, uh, the FBI has gone to the banks and the banks have cooperated. Uh, and they're doing searches on you and me and everyone else. If, uh, for example, if you pay 
uh, if you send a check to the Trump campaign, it says Trump or it's, you know, says MAGA, uh, or if you buy a, a gun or something, that information is given over to Biden and his people now, and you're put on one of these lists. But it's so bad. Think of what they would do to people like us when they're doing what they're doing to Cory Bush and Eric Adams. What did, you know, Eric Adams do? He, all he did was complain that, uh, hey, Joe Biden, your your policy is backfiring on us, this uh, immigration policy. We can't handle anymore in New York. And what did they do? They started indicting him. Now, <laughs> Cory Bush, you know, they've known they've known for uh, two or three years now that. You know, she's pulling this nonsense, this corruption, but what did she do? Well, she complained about his treatment of the Palestinians, you know, <laughs> being part of the squad. She wants him to roll over and just basically tell Israel to get screwed. <laughs> she, doesn't so Israel Israel she doesn't even yeah. know where Israel is. She doesn't even know where Israel is. Sandy Cortez told her to do it, so that's why she's doing it, because she's too dumb. She doesn't even know... That Israel's in the Middle East, probably. She thinks it's in Europe somewhere. But here's here's the other one. You know who's next on that list is the Denver mayor, <laughs> because he just said in an interview this morning that he understands how Governor Abbott feels and that he wants to work with Governor Abbott. Well, that's the end of him. See, the, the funny thing is, though, that uh, Democrats who say anything that's contrary to Biden's narrative or Obama's narrative. Uh, are going to get waxed. But, uh, you know, it's funny because any Democrat and probably most Republicans too, everybody's got some dirt. But Donald Trump, they can't get any real it's, dirt on it's him. It's amazing how clean he is. I got to be honest with you. I'm surprised that anybody's as clean as Donald Trump is. That anybody who's not Jesus Christ himself. I mean, they have tried and tried and tried. They have used all of the resources this country has, corrupt or otherwise, to try to pin something on Donald Trump, and they can't do it. Instead, well, we, they, they trot out some whore, some lying whore, who, like Christine Blassie Ford, and by the way, she's a friend of Christine Blassie Ford's and a supporter of hers, who gets a claim from George Conway. Hey, why don't you say Trump raped you? George Conway, Aunt Kellyanne Conway's ex-husband, she then says that Trump raped her 30 years later. She then gets her legal defense funded by Reed Hoffman, a huge liberal donor. And then she goes to a liberal court in a liberal city and gets a liberal jury to try to bankrupt Donald Trump. And then brags about it, which you're going to hear about here on the show in a little bit. She goes on MSNBC and brags about what she'll do with the money. She sounds like the Penn State supposed victims of Sandusky taking pictures on a hotel bed with cash spread all over the bed after they got paid off. And then yeah, I, I just try it. to, I try to picture, first of all, this is, as you pointed out, this is so many years ago and they just convened a billionaire, Donald Trump, one of the most recognized people yeah. in the world. I'm going to go into this uh, cheesy little department store where where there apparently are no salespeople and no other customers. And I'm going to take this woman I've never met uh, who's really not that good looking, but I'm going to take her in and I'm going to try on some lingerie. And then I'm going to turn around and rape her in the changing room. And, oh, yeah, they don't have cameras in there. It's the only department store in America that doesn't have cameras to prevent theft. Uh, it's just 
crazy. But uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up is it just the insanity is just getting hard, so hard to uh, know that when uh, uh, this funding, the supposed humanitarian funding, you know, goes to Gaza, we know that it doesn't get to the people that need it. It goes to Hamas to support them. But now we find out, you know, you've known for a long time, I've known that the, the UN is totally corrupt and it's totally anti-American and anti-Israel. We've seen the evidence over and over and over again. But to find out that this UNRWA, which is U-N-R-W-A, this United Nations uh, Relief and Works Administration, is filthy with uh, Hamas terrorists. These people are terrorists inside the organization that's supposed to be doling out uh, all these monies, including a billion dollars from the U.S. And they find out that these people not only are funneling money to the terrorists, but that they were part of, they were complicit in planning and carrying out the October 7th slaughtering of Jews. They were part of that operation. And so now the United States and a bunch of other countries have suspended, you know, their funding to this organization, but there's, they're debating whether they should eliminate their funding permanently. <laughs> it's like, really? You got to think about that. How about kicking the UN out of the U.S. and saying we're not giving any more money to this bunch of America hating criminals? <laughs> well, the United States is the single largest donor to the Palestinians. They've contributed more than one billion to that UNRWA since 2021, since Biden got in, more than a billion dollars. Keep in mind that Trump eliminated funding to the UN Palestinian Refugee Agency. So Trump stopped it completely, not a dollar. Biden gets in, we've given them a billion dollars, and they're terrorists. This guy has funded more terrorists than the Ayatollah. And, and Biden did this, you know, first day type of thing where he just went in with executive order, didn't really look at it, didn't study it. It's something Trump did, so we have to reverse it. Uh, you know, just like this crazy uh, Iranian nuclear deal. Now they're getting close to I'm, I'm waiting to see what Israel's going to do. They're apparently within a few months of uh, having their first bomb. You know, Israel cannot allow that to happen. Everything, you know, this this notion of, well, Trump did it, so I'm going to reverse it, no matter, you know, how successful it was. They've just done this. They've done it with everything, and it's all turned into a big pile of crap. Absolutely. Great stuff, Steve. We appreciate the call. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Yeah, you know, Trump. Stop paying them, that fund. Another brilliant move by Donald Trump that never gets credit for. Media will never bring it up to you. You'll never know it. We brought it up to you. And Biden reinstated it. Anything Trump does, Biden does the opposite. So now we've got Mayorkas on the hot seat in Congress about his impeachment. Now this is something, as I've said many times, I do not agree with the Republicans on. Stop the impeachment nonsense. You had the high road on impeachments, okay? They tried to use impeachment as a political weapon twice against President Trump. We railed against it, rightly so. It was a joke. And now you turn around and you take the high, what we had was the high ground. 
you turn around now and lower yourself to their level by trying to impeach Mayorkas. For what? What is the end game? Do you think you're going to get rid of him? You're not. You can successfully impeach him till the cows come home. It'll never be a conviction in the Senate when the Democrats have the majority. Quit being stupid, but nonetheless, it's highly entertaining when you hear people, idiots like Dan Goldman, the liberal congressman who said that when Joe Biden called Hunter's business associates, he simply spoke about the weather. This guy now somehow claims, and by the way, this is the height of hypocrisy, somehow claims the Republicans don't have the right to impeach Mayorkas, having been a member of the party that impeached President Trump unlawfully twice. You do not have a right to demean this institution, to bastardize the impeachment clause of the Constitution to such a degree that you can't even produce a legal memo in support of your articles of impeachment that do not exist in history. Of course they did, but nonetheless, never mind the truth getting in front of Dan Goldman's lies. You don't have the right to bastardize the impeachment clause. Oh, wow. Mr. Constitution. But he was fine bastardizing it when Trump was involved. That was pretty cool. But my favorite is always when Eric Swalwell speaks. And I usually don't try to play stuff that he says because he's such an asshat. Anybody who could be hoodwinked by some like teenage Chinese spy is all you need to know. He's another one that ensures us that when you look at Congress and you say, this is what this country is all about. People like Cory Bush, Sandy Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Eric Swalwell, Hakeem Jeffries, Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff. These are all people in Congress. And you wonder why we have a shithole country. But I blame the shithole people who keep voting them in or allowing them to uh, swagger in with a rigged election. But here's Swalwell. You know who he blames for the impeachment? You know, we know the Republicans. But you know who he blames for the border? The Republicans. And any shortcomings that Mayorkas may have, frankly, are your fault. He's asking for authorities to do more, to have more border agents, to have more resources. And so his limitations are caused by you. (laughs) Are caused by you. Wow. They strain the imagination, don't they, these people? They truly, truly do. Good morning, Bobby. How are you? Hey, good morning, Kevin. Great show. Thank you, sir. Hey, um, the reason I'm calling is, did you hear what your little LBL said yesterday about the three uh, servicemen and women that got killed? When she couldn't uh, identify them as brave soldiers and she kept stuttering, that one? Yeah, the stuttering one. But did you see what she said? Yeah, she they died for this administration. Do you believe that? She ne- for yeah, this she, administration. She, yeah, for for them, of course. Well, she never did yeah. utter the phrase or the word heroes. I noticed that. She never no called heroes. them heroes. She kept str- nope. s- struggling to figure out what to call them. She she stammered she and stuttered. All I have to say is, brave American heroes sacrificed exactly. their life for our country. Now, of course. That's something that no one should do in this day and age. This country isn't worth saving. But that's what they did. That's exactly what they did. And she couldn't even say that. She had to give it, oh, they're fighting for the Biden regime. 
I'd like to ask oh, any yeah, one of their families if that's what their children went into service I for. Know. I know. She didn't even call them soldiers. You know, I, I told Joanne, I said, she sounds like a black porky pig with that. <laughs> well, she doesn't know how to talk, and that's her job, oh, which is really kind of funny. She repeats the same pet phrases every day, and she lies every time she opens her mouth. But that's, that's that's what the Biden regime wants. I agree. You know, Kevin, I think what they should do is, you know, their little frigate that's out there. I think we should take a, um, a boat to, you know, boat to boat missile or, or whatever, or a plane a jet, you know, and just just sink it, you know, just sink it. They ain't going to do nothing. What are they going to do? <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. It's, you know? it's good but stuff, anyway, man. anyway, I had to get that little bit in. I'm glad you but did, anyway, Bobby. You take, all right, you take care and hit them straight, Cal. You bet. Thank you. Appreciate the call. All right. Bye right, now. Bye-bye. Yeah, I, I know that most people heard that. We played it yesterday, and if you didn't hear it, you got to hear it. But she kept stumbling and stammering. She didn't know how to refer to the soldiers. How about heroes? Did that word cross your mind? Now, we know that you're getting used to this because you've now murdered at least 16 of them. And if you count the two Navy SEALs, that were lost because they were intercepting a boat that you, Biden, because your policy is allowed to be there in the first place, we can now add it to the total. 18. Biden has murdered 18 of our brave soldiers. He'll set a record before he's done. Set a record. It's interesting we can sit here and tell you, as I've done many times, just rattle off a list of the accomplishments of Trump and his administration. And they are so many, it's, it takes you a long time. You, have, you need about an hour. And as we just pointed out once again with this UNRWA, Trump defunded them completely. Not a penny. Biden's given them a billion dollars. But yesterday a reporter asked John Kirby to recall Biden's greatest single foreign policy achievement. Kirby had no answer. What would the president say is his foreign policy achievement of the year? There's a lot that we've achieved uh, in foreign policy, and uh, Karine's already made sure that she that you know that we're we're running late, and I don't want to I don't want to belabor this. So I, I, this answer could go on for like 20 minutes, but I mean, from the Indo-Pacific and the Quad and AUKUS deal to get Australia nuclear power submarine capability to what we've done with supporting Ukraine, pushing back. They clawed back more than 50% of the territory that Russia took in the early months of the war. You think they, you know, obviously they did that through courage and bravery on the field, but they certainly did that with United States support. Look at what Israel's been able to do to put pressure on Hamas in the wake of the, the worst terrorist attack they, that they've ever, that they've ever succumbed to. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. There has been, I think if I had to bucket into one thing, the, one of the most important things he's done on the foreign policy front is shore up and revitalize our vast network of alliances and partnerships. <laughs> no other nation in the world has that kind of a network at their disposal the way United, the United States does. And our leadership on the world stage is stronger because he took the time to in, invest in those relationships, many relationships that had been let lapse by the previous administration. <laughs> so in other words, nothing. Biden achieved nothing. Ukraine... What's he achieved there? Biden funds Ukraine so Biden can get kickbacks. We know that. Biden's not alone, I don't think. I think a lot of these congressmen and women are getting money out of that deal. No question in my mind. So scratch that. Nuclear submarine for Australia. That's a foreign policy achievement? What? 
strengthening our allies' relationship. You just heard Robert Kennedy say how Biden stopped sending them energy. He stopped sending it to them. And this clown liar Kirby, this little smarmy rodent, wants to tell you that somehow Biden's, oh, he's strengthened our relationship with our allies, which the previous administration let lapse. What a lunatic. That was a comedy show. I could go on and on, he says. On and on and lie? Yeah, you could go on and on and lie. You do it all the time. Every single thing he said is is just crap. He has no answer. He had to think about it, too, and immediately came up with an excuse. Well, Kareen has already told you that we're short on time, so he's trying to think of something as he's saying that. I'll just talk about a nuclear submarine that Australia's got. Woo, wow. The whole world stopped to take notice of that. (laughs) They're incredible. We briefly touched on the E. Jean Carroll verdict by a jury giving her $83 million of Donald Trump's money for allegedly being raped, and then she admitted she wasn't raped. Interesting. But let's assess this case for you real fast, and then you're going to hear from some people that you won't believe. Here's a woman who comes out of nowhere 30 years after an alleged rape took place at the behest of George Conway, a Trump hater who was once married to Kellyanne Conway, funded by Reed Hoffman, who funds all liberal causes. Her legal defense was. She also was a supporter of Christine Blasey Ford, the lying wench that the Democrats hired who became a millionaire because she decided to bring bogus charges against Justice Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh, on his confirmation hearing. She started a GoFundMe account that had a million dollars in it. (laughs) As a result, of course, of her being sexually assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh. Neither one of these women can remember the dates or anything like it. Any of the details, they can't remember. There are no witnesses to any of it. None. They can't produce a single witness. Not one. They can't produce, in E. Jean Carroll's case, a single witness who's ever seen Donald Trump with her in any setting. This is Donald Trump. Before he became president, he was just as well-known in New York. And nationally, for that matter. This guy has been on Oprah. He's been on Donahue. He's been on every show. He's one of the most famous people in the world before he was president. So what she's expecting you to believe is this. Because if you believe her, there's no escaping that you believe this. That 30 years ago, when he was in his 50s or or early 60s, Donald Trump, I mean, or, or late 40s, I should say, Donald Trump, a handsome billionaire with connections worldwide, dating some of the most attractive women in the world, sought out this woman in a department store, convinced her to go in a dressing room so that he could try on lingerie. You have to believe that. While he was in there, and keep in mind, she had P. 
people come forward who supposedly worked at Bergdorf's, the department store, where this allegedly took place, to testify, well, that on, it was so typical that on a night like that, there was nobody on that floor. Now, I've been in department stores all my life. I've never been on a floor by myself. Have you? Of course not. It doesn't happen. No surveillance cameras whatsoever to prevent against theft. Nothing. Just her word. Just her word. 30 years later. She can't remember what date it was. She couldn't tell you what Trump was wearing. That's it. Nothing more. That's the extent of the evidence. No DNA. Nothing. No pictures of her bruised or injured in any way possible. I would suggest this, by the way. If you invite a man into a dressing room at a department store with you, you're going there to have sex. Now, of course, this never happened. I'm not suggesting that Donald Trump ever was near her. There's no evidence that says he ever was. But let's just say that, David. You're asking for sex. I got news for you. There's not a person in this world that doesn't think you want sex if you bring a man with you, a strange man, a celebrity, into a dressing room with you. Why else are you going there? So Trump can try on lingerie? If there's nobody on the floor, why wouldn't he just try it on outside of the dressing room? Nobody's going to see him. Nobody was there. So what the Democrats try to do, you see, they, they try to do everything at one time. A, they try to smear him and present him as some sort of a sexual pervert. And then secondly, he tries on women's lingerie. He's really kinky weird. That's what they want to put in your mind, that he actually did something like this. With zero evidence. So then you get some dope on CNN who is giddy that the financial pain this will cause Donald Trump is something this guy loves. He could go run a fund, go fund me campaign. Judge Kaplan can direct the Trump properties be sold. And they're not going to sell at the best prices. They're going to sell at fire sale prices. There's a, a meme on the Internet right now renamed E. Jean Carroll Tower on Fifth Avenue in New York. Well, that's hilarious. They take great delight in this. They love to see a man suffer because they hate him. Because he made a monkey out of all of them. But the best was E. Jean Carroll. Now, here's where a judge on appeal will have grounds to destroy the verdict entirely. Wipe out the entire judgment. She goes on with Rachel Madcow brags about how much money she's getting and suggests to Mad Cow that they go shopping with it and she'll buy her a penthouse. You've talked about using some of Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, Rachel. Yes. I had such such great ideas (laughs) for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel... You and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? It's yours, Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? Do you believe you live in the United States when you hear that? Do you believe that lying slut is able to get a verdict in this country? 
Can you even believe it? And there's her attorney sitting right next to her. A fishing rod for you, Robbie. That's Roberta something or other. Who, by the way, when Cuomo was accused, she did everything she could do to trash the women. Same attorney. So the question was, you've hinted that you're going to use this money for women's rights. Tell us what you're going to do for the women of this country. Well, we're going to go shopping. We're going to get you new shoes, new clothes for everybody. I got news for her when when Mad Cow said, the money you're about to get, you're not going to get a penny. Donald Trump will not give that woman a penny. I promise you. Buy you a penthouse. I would play that tape over and over and over at every level of every court that I had to go through if I were Trump. The lawyer had to quickly add, oh, she's kidding. Yeah, okay. We know what you did. We know what it was. Megan Kelly, how did you see it? The joy which with with which they are celebrating this absurd verdict is stomach-turning. It's way above what even the lawyer had asked for. And by the way, that lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, Robbie, she's the one who effed the women when she worked for Time's Up, when Andrew Cuomo was the one in trouble. She's one of the ones who, when faced with the question of, hmm, it's a Democrat who's been accused, hmm, what should I do? She decided to side with the Democrat. You see, it's just when you're President Trump, they can change the laws to come after you. They can give you a nearly $100 million judgment on defamation that, if it happened at all, is at best worth a pittance. And no one, even someone calling herself a journalist, will even bother to challenge you on it. And instead, they'll joke about how they're going to go shop for a new wardrobe, which, by the way, Rachel Maddow does desperately need. Carpe diem, Megan Kelly. She does desperately need a wardrobe. She walks out in that church lady outfit all the time. She looks just like the church lady. Except the church lady's funny. <laughs> Megan Kelly's become one of my favorites ever since she and Trump reconciled. She got smart. She knew that was a losing battle, and there was no reason for it. Ari Fleischer, who's no fan of Donald Trump, he's a George W. Bush guy, noticed that the resistance that started the day Donald Trump walked down the escalator has never stopped. This is the same resistance that Donald Trump met when he came down the escalator in 2015, certainly when he was elected in 2016, and they've never relented. They've used every trick in the book to go after Donald Trump because they fear that the American people might elect him. So they tried to impeach him twice. They tried to prosecute him. They tried to drop his name off the ballot. And now they're trying to financially hit him in the pocketbook. And you use the right words, vulture, cheerleader. That's what the media has become. But it's what they've always been. They've been cheerleaders for all the efforts to get Trump. And this is not about justice. This is about getting Trump. Carpe diem to Eric Fleischer, who's recognizing the truth. You've got Eric Fleischer. You've got... Um, Alan Dershowitz, neither of which voted for Trump, defending Trump at every turn, pointing out that this is all about getting Trump. Now, what has the judge in the uh, New York real estate case been up to? David Schoen, who's an attorney and had represented President Trump uh, before. What is that judge up to? 
This judge is quoted, Judge Engeron is quoted in the media today as saying that he's going to kind of miss this trial. They all gloat in it, but who, what are they gloating about? First of all, I don't know, as you said earlier, how anybody else could take this. The energy President Trump shows is extraordinary. But here you have a case in, uh, under executive law in New York, no victim, no loss, no materiality required. Still, they claim fraud. You have a forensic accountant says no loss. You have a bank that's happy with the loans. But what are they gloating about? According to an independent source, Prithco, years ago even, President Trump and his organizations were giving jobs to at least 67,000 people. They want those people to lose those jobs? Are they gloating about that? You know who's not gloating? Other people similarly situated, real estate developers, business people, who look at what's happening to President Trump in New York and say, there but for the grace of God go I, that this should never happen. Article after article, professor after professor, real estate person, business people, this is outrageous to take a man's business that he's built over decades, become an icon around the world. How about the billions and millions and billions in revenue states and countries will lose if you want to put him out of business? It's absurd. Carpe diem, David Schoen. Completely absurd. But this is what we got to deal with in this country. As long as these criminals, liberals, and liberals are criminals, are involved, this is what you have. The level of stupidity and criminality that is the makeup of the DNA of a liberal is extraordinary. I've never seen anything like it. And they're okay with each other's crimes. That's the best part. Joe Biden is screwing every liberal in this country, and these idiots are okay with it. (laughs) That's extraordinary to me. The minute Donald Trump screwed me over, I'm done with him. But he doesn't. But Joe Biden screws liberals and Republicans alike, except when he wants to go after you criminally. He won't go after the liberals, unless you cross him, by the way, Cori Bush. Then he'll go after you. But otherwise, he kind of leaves you alone criminally, simply destroys your finances. And you're okay with it. Liberals go, yeah, he's our guy. Not that meanie spaghetti Donald Trump. And then you've got Nikki Haley trotting around. The same guy that funded E. Jean Carroll's legal defense against Trump is the biggest donor for Nikki Haley. Isn't that odd? As Ned Ryan points out, she's nothing more than a useful idiot. And Nikki Haley is a useful idiot of the left. I mean, not only her rhetoric on this subject, but look at her recent comments on the bogus Carroll case, right out of the DNC playbook. And if you didn't know any better, it came right out of the mouth of Hillary Clinton, uh, which makes sense when you think about it. Both Nikki's super PAC and the Carroll case were funded by the leftist Reed Hoffman. But she's also a useful idiot in the fact that there is no world in which Nikki wins the GOP nomination and the fact that she continues to stay in, even though she's going to get completely shut out in Nevada, crushed in South Carolina, come Super Tuesday, going to get completely crushed in such a way that Trump will win so many delegates, it will be a mathematical impossibility for her to win. This is all patently obvious, yet she continues to stay in. Why? Well, I would again argue her, her donors like Reed Hoffman, the Kochs, these people who hate Trump, The longer she stays in, the more she damages Trump because she doesn't let the party or the donor base coalesce around Trump and let him focus on the general, all of which helps Biden. And I have to tell you, too, Laura, I'm starting to suspect that part of her motivation for staying in is that she hopes the democratic lawfare works against Trump. And if that's part of her calculation, that that makes her completely repulsive. (laughs) Completely repulsive. Ned Ryan's always got some good comments and he's always right on target. 
I want you to use your imagination for a moment. I'm about to play you something, and I want you to take these words that you're going to hear and imagine them coming out of the mouth of Donald Trump and the reaction that they would cause in the media and among the liberal politicians and the liberal idiots that roam this country. Imagine these words coming out of Donald Trump, let's say, regarding Joe Biden. I would tell the president and his campaign, yes, we got your back, dude. We're going after him with a meat cleaver. You cannot let him up. You can't normalize him. You can't let him off the canvas. Mm -hmm. Not not for one second. We got to keep the foot on this guy, right on his neck. Take our heel and twist it and never let it it. That's James Carville talking about what to do to Trump. And that was a peppermint patty uh, in the background. Take take your heel and twist it. Saki, saki, saki. So take a meat cleaver to Donald Trump. I want you to hear it again. Imagine again these words coming out of Trump's mouth regarding Biden. I would tell the president and his campaign, yes, we got your back, dude. We're going after him with a meat cleaver. You cannot let him up. You can't normalize him. You can't let him off the canvas. Mm-hmm. Not not for one second. We got to keep the foot on this guy, right on his neck. Take our heel and twist it. And never let it on twist it. Oh, she loved that, didn't she? By the way, Carville, here's a, here's a suggestion. Get the shit out of your mouth when you're talking, would you? You backwoods hillbilly. That's how they are. There's no clearer indication of what liberals are like than that. It's perfect. It's who they are. It's who they all are. You heard Saki. She was giddy about it. But imagine Trump saying that. I'm going to take a meat cleaver to Biden. I'm going to step on his neck and I'm going to twist it. And I'm never going to let him up. James Carville just suggested that the Democrat Party commit assault and battery and attempted murder against the former president, who happens to be their leading opponent. James Carville belongs in jail. He's a rodent. And that lunatic, spineless liberal that he's married to, she's just as mentally deranged. Or a Republican, I should say, not liberal. He married a, one of George W. Bush's people. That should tell you everything. A day or two ago, Joy Reid was caught with her mic still turned on while a clip of Joe Biden mumbling was talking. And she said... The MFR is going to start us get us in another war. Now, we don't know if she was talking about Biden or Trump. We don't know. How Trump could get us in a war when he's not president, of course, is beyond comprehension. So the only one that makes sense was Biden. And then after she was busted, she decided to make light of the comment as if we're all stupid. I just want to apologize very quickly. Uh, I was chatting during a clip that was playing, um, and, you know, we try to keep this show very PG-13, so I just want to apologize to anyone who was listening to my <laughs> behind-the-scenes chatter. <laughs> I do want to apologize to anyone who was listening. It's so funny. It's just chatter. How many times did you say the word chatter? It's just chatter. We keep this show PG. The moment your face is on that show, it's not PG anymore. It's just chatter. Kaylee McEnany, what about Reed and MSNBC in particular? 
I mean, this is the network that pumps Biden over and over and over. It's it's the preferred network of the administration, I would argue. They send their surrogates out there all the time. And here's what she's saying behind the scenes. This guy's going to start another war? And this is who she's peddling? It is so beneath any line of journalistic integrity. Joy Reid, we know she's never been anywhere close to that. And then you get to Scarborough. You know, Joe Biden's engaged, full of energy. Who has ever said that? No one except the drunk guy at the bar. But the same Joe Scarborough says Donald Trump wants to execute his generals. Donald Trump wants to use SEAL Team 6 to execute his opponents. No, that was something a judge put forward as a hypothetical. Nothing Trump said. But they don't play Trump, so you'd never know if he said it or not. Carpe diem, Kaylee McEnany. Thanks for straightening us out. Because the liberals will always say that, you know, Trump's the one who wants to do this and this and this. Well, that was a judge who suggested that. Trump never said anything like it. But the liberals don't care. Whatever fits the narrative, they'll claim it is true. It's amazing, isn't it? And now comes the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, well, about 10 days now, where they're going to play the Black National Anthem. Now, there is no such thing. So so when I say the Black National Anthem, you should be scratching your head saying, but Kevin, there is no such thing. We only have one National Anthem in this country. The National Anthem. And you would be correct. I don't even think black people consider it to be any kind of their anthem. It's just Roger Goodell, the white bigot who runs the NFL, who hates white people, but he really doesn't. He hates black people. He just wants black people to think he likes them. He didn't like them very much until George Floyd. Then all of a sudden he loved them. So now he wants the black national anthem played at the Super Bowl. Burgess Owens is a black man. He played football in the NFL. He's also a Republican congressman. He understands how many national anthems we have. We have one national anthem. It's one that's been paid for decades. It's the same one that when I was standing on the sidelines for an NFL, uh, tears would come to my eyes just, just thinking about the opportunity that I had to live the American dream. Uh, and I'll say this, uh, the, the founders of the NFL will be very, very ashamed of what's happening, what has happened with this Godell and this, and this group of, of leftists, what's going on in the NFL. One thing I've always thought is that the military and, and athletics is the one place they could never divide us. That's a place of meritocracy. It doesn't matter what your color, your race, none of that matters. The bottom line is you have a single goal is to win. Well, leave it to the left, to this Marxist, to find a way to divide us. Uh, we're finding it in the military. Uh, we're, we're now, we have such a low, uh, uh, group of uh, people becoming, you know, getting into that, into that industry because of the divisiveness. We now see the NFL and we now see the NBA. So this is a chance for us to finally say, no, we have one national anthem. Just be proud of that. Uh, what you're going to find is, is people not standing for the black national anthem, quote, and, and, and those not standing for our normal national anthem. And that's not what America's all about. We need to get back to the bottom line. We, the people, have so much more in common in a remarkable history of how we've overcome. We need to focus on that, get this mess out of our educational system that's dividing us, and recognize we have corporations like right now, the NBA and the NFL, who's focused more on their profitability in this case, of Godell makes over $40 million a year. Now, that's not enough. It needs more power. It needs more more entry into the China. So we, we understand these are folks who do not care about our country, but looking at dividing us in so many different ways, we just cannot allow that to continue to happen. Carpe quadruple diem Burgess Owens. I love the part where he said he stood on the sidelines as an NFL player for our national anthem and tears came down his cheek. 
he was so grateful for the opportunity to live the American dream. This country needs more Burgess Owenses and less Cory Bushes. Would we all agree with that? (laughs) And I apologize to Burgess Owens for mentioning his name in the same sentence with hers. After it's all is said and done, Gutfeld, what could be nice, huh? And wouldn't it be nice to have a president who actually knows what's going on and doesn't make the White House smell of pine saw and death? And wouldn't it be better to have a functioning Democratic Party whose sole policy isn't do the opposite of Trump? But take that away, and what do you have left? An invalid married to a fake doctor. The fake doctor that Whoopi Goldberg wanted to be Surgeon General. (laughs) She's a fake talk show host. Something of beauty, isn't it? All right, let's take a quick break, then we're going to come back and take your calls. 636-348-4460. I'll dedicate this song to my liberal brother.
welcome you back in. I hope my brother was listening and enjoyed that. We welcome you back in. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, King's Court. We're glad you're along for the ride today, as you are hopefully every morning, because we are here every morning, bringing you the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. The liberals don't know what that is. They really struggle with that. They Facts and evidence. Well, we don't. We don't need that. What they all need is a nice energy boost, and you get that from a can of Monster Energy Drink. You want an extra focus? You want that energy for the day, for the week? Monster Energy Drink isn't just a drink. It's a lifestyle in a can. I drink the Ultra, the Zero Ultra. Zero, meaning zero sugar. Ten calories, six carbs. Now, they've got a whole bunch of flavors, so it doesn't matter what you drink. You don't have to drink the one I do. But I suggest it. Because if you want to be at your best and be on top of your game, here's the most badass energy drink on the planet. Unleash the beast in you with Monster Energy Drink every day. That's what I do every morning. Monster Energy Drink. I couldn't do the shows. I got two shows to do, man. I need some energy. I need Monster Energy Drink. And so I do. And so I do. Your calls are welcome at 636-348-4460. We need to give a big carpe diem to the state of Ohio. And you say, why? We don't like Ohio State. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about sports. I'm talking about a big yahoo for the state of Ohio. Why, Kevin? Why, you ask? Well, let me tell you why. I'm glad you asked, though, because now I'm going to tell you. Ohio has banned gender-affirming care for minors and restricted transgender women's rights and girls, excuse me, restricted transgender women's and girls' participation on sports teams. Yabba Daba and Do Ohio. Nice going. Now the transgender kids are scrambling. Well, how are we going to care for our kids? We shouldn't have been doing this in the first place. Now that's up to you. But the government's not going to help you in the state of Ohio. The state Senate there, it was Republican, voted to override the governor's veto, that liberal freak Mike DeWine up there. So this will ban gender-affirming surgeries, hormone therapies, Restricts mental health care for transgender individuals under 18. And it bans them from girls and women's sports at both the K through 12 and collegiate level. <laughs> you got to love that. Just love it. It's supposed to take effect in about 90 days. So I guess the cheaters, the transgender cheaters, can go ahead and steal medals and trophies from other girls in sports until then. (laughs) I love it. Carpe diem, Ohio. You are leading the way. Leading the way. It's hard to beat that, though, isn't it? What about the uh, toy uh, store out in... San Francisco, have you heard about this? This is an iconic toy store. In fact, it's San Francisco's oldest toy store. 
Been there for 80-plus years. It was the inspiration for the movie Toy Story, for that entire franchise of movies. They're closing within weeks. Why are they closing? They said the changing economy, inflation, and the sheer dangers of running a business in San Francisco. Can we just use that as the story that tells the entire country how wrong things are in this country? That that toy store, 80 years and going, has to close its doors because of Biden's economy, inflation, and the dangers of running a business in uber-liberal San Francisco. Wow. The family that owns the business said we're heartbroken. You think Biden cares? You think Newsom, the governor out there, cares? He said, we held on until we can't anymore. Everybody left the city. San Francisco always comes back, but it will probably take at least three years. Three? Guys living in a dream world. The family attorney was a little less optimistic. Said the store's been struggling for a number of years due to the perils and violence of the downtown environment, inflation, the decrease in consumer spending, which is, of course, inflation, and the demise of retail across the world. The family is saddened it has come to this. We've explored all other options to try and keep the business going. The leadership of the city of San Francisco and the downtown association have their work cut out for them on how to revitalize what was once a vibrant and fun downtown experience. So we can now pronounce the city of San Francisco officially dead. Another liberal city bites the dust. Another sanctuary city bites the dust. And yet liberals don't learn. They don't learn from any of that. (laughs) They are the probably most successful destroyers of businesses that this country has ever seen. And I'll tell you something else. I call a spade a spade. John Fetterman must be recovering from his stroke because he's starting to make sense to me. He encountered these anti-Israel protesters outside of his home in Pennsylvania. He went up on the roof and waved a flag of his own because they're waving the Palestinian flags. He waved the Israeli flag. I got to say it, carpe diem, John Fetterman. Never thought I'd say that. You got to love it. He's going to be the next guy in the crosshairs of the Biden regime. Biden can't stand the fact that he he has to be careful with the Jewish community because of Israel's conflict in Gaza. Even though he's trying to trim it back, he's got to be careful, and he knows that. One woman on uh, Twitter, uh, is, I guess she's just like me. She wrote, I'm not too proud to admit that I misjudged. I will also note, in my opinion, it's never okay to protect at some, to protest in someone's home. It's an intimidation tactic. It's also illegal. But she says, I misjudged John Fetterman. As did I. Carpe diem to Fetterman. He better look out, though. He's been doing this a little bit too much lately, going against the Democrats. (laughs) 
it's going to be trouble for him at some point down the road. They're going to start calling him a stroke victim and take him out of office. A CIA agent said, uh, this guy is turning into the honey badger of politics. The honey badger. Don't you love that one? I do. He is the honey badger of politics. All right, we're out of time for this show, but we've got another show to do at noon today. That'll be the Monster Energy Drink STL Dash cars.com sports show the king scored on 590 the fan and 590thefan.com and we'll be back here fighting the good fight again tomorrow morning 7 to 9 central time right here on kevinslaytonshow.com don't forget the podcast is on its way as soon as we wrap it up here love you mom love you dad love you maureen so long everybody (laughs) 